Sounds good. You're listening to the Unlimited Fantasy Football Podcast, your news for everything related to fantasy football. I'm your host, Ben Droz, and I'm going to be right here every week giving you the updates on fantasy football with injuries and what those injuries mean for your players, trade advice, and who you should be picking up on the waiver wire. All that and more is right here on the Unlimited Fantasy Football Podcast. So we're going to start the show off like we always do, jumping right into the injury report. And the first injury I'm going to touch on is Justin Fields, the Bears quarterback. After having a very good past two games, including eight passing touchdowns in the last two starts, he dislocated his thumb in the third quarter in the Bears game against the Vikings this last week. And the Bears head coach says that he is doubtful to play this upcoming week in week seven. So with this I would definitely say this affects DJ more than most. I mean, Tyson Baggins going to be the starting quarterback for the Bears this upcoming week. And I think this just lowers the ceiling of DJ Moore. DJ Moore has been rock solid ever since that kind of slow start. Moore has really turned it around in fantasy. He's currently the wide receiver eight in fantasy. Again, he's been a wide receiver one these past few weeks. But again, with no Justin Fields, I think I'm going to bump G.J. Moore down to a wide receiver, too. I still see him as a must-start, and you probably need to be playing him. If you have him on your roster, you probably have to. You don't really have many other options. But again, definitely temper expectations for a huge game for D.J. Moore. With Tyler Baggett getting the start for the Bears, I definitely think it lowers his ceiling. The second quarterback injury of note is that Jimmy Garoppolo left the game with a back injury. And he is also not expected to play this upcoming week for the Raiders. So again, I think this hurts Devontae Adams even more. He's really been struggling these past two games. And now with no Jimmy Garoppolo for this upcoming week, I definitely feel like Devontae Adams could easily have a game where he only scores six fantasy points once again. So again, Devontae Adams, for me, again, is I still probably have him as a high-end wide receiver, too, just because of the talent that's there with Devontae Adams. He's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. But again, with Jimmy Garoppolo not running the offense this upcoming week, I definitely am going to temper expectations for Devontae Adams. Going to the running backs now for injuries, Christian McCaffrey left the 49ers game in the third quarter with an oblique injury, and he is questionable for this upcoming week. So, if Christian McCaffrey is not able to go, Jordan Mason and Elijah Michelle are expected to be the two running backs that get the start. It's kind of hard to determine who's going to be the main guy. I mean, the main backup all season has been Elijah Michelle, but again, he's been dealing with injuries of his own. So if he's limited at all, Jordan Mason could be the main guy to get most of those touches in this 49ers backfield. But again, if Christian McCaffrey is hurt, I'm probably just not really even wanting to touch this 49ers backfield. I'm kind of probably wanting to just sit back and wait. But if you have to play one, Jordan Mason might be the guy to look at with Elijah Michelle dealing with injuries of his own. David Montgomery, the Lions running back, left the field with a rib injury, and he's not expected to play this upcoming week. So that leaves Jameer Gibbs and veteran reserve Craig Reynolds to take over the backfield in their upcoming game against the Buccaneers. Again, I think this elevates Jameer Gibbs to high-end RB2 range, and 
Craig Reynolds, again, for me, he's probably going to be getting the goal line touches. So he's probably a desperation flex play for me. But again, Jameer Gibbs is likely going to get most of those touches. But again, we saw when Montgomery was out a couple weeks ago, Jameer Gibbs' uh, rushing attempts definitely went up, but then he was not involved in the passing game. So we'll see how it all shakes out this upcoming week. But I have Jameer Gibbs as a high-end RB2. Kyron Williams left the Rams game against the Cardinals with an ankle injury, and he is getting an MRI, but he is not expected to be playing this upcoming week, but definitely could be back next week. So with that, Zach Evans and Royce Freeman are expected to be getting the starts with the Rams also backup running back Ronnie Rivers injured. So this is their third and fourth string running back. This is definitely a backfield I'm not wanting to touch at all. These are probably just stashing Evans, stashing Royce Freeman, and seeing what happens. I would, If I were to guess, I think Evans is probably going to get more touches. Royce Freeman is probably going to get the goal line touches. So Freeman is only probably going to be viable if he falls into the end zone, where I think Evans has a better chance to just have a, de- a better overall game getting some passing game mutilage, getting some good carries. I think he's more talented back. Royce Freeman's kind of just been going back his entire career. He's jumped around teams. So again, this is, again, the third and fourth string running backs in an offense that's kind of been struggling in these last few weeks. But again, Kyron Williams has been amazing. So again, I am probably not wanting to touch this backfield. I'm feeling like it's going to be very similar to the Cardinals situations with the Cardinals backfield situation with no Kyron Williams in the fold. Let's now go into the waiver wire. And with so many teams on a bye week, it is so important in fantasy to have depth. And this is where the waiver wire comes into fruition. You need to be patrolling the waiver wire, getting your depth as we get through the season and more and more teams are getting on bye weeks. You need to make sure you have adequate depth, especially with as injuries come through, bye weeks come through, you need depth. So the waiver wire is definitely very important. Even with even since we are already in week seven now, definitely to be patrolling the waiver wire. And here are my top pickups for this week. So at my number one spot, I have both the 49ers running backs and Elijah Michelle and Jordan Mason. Just because if Christian McCaffrey can't go, these are probably both low-end flex plays for this upcoming week. I think Elijah Michelle, if he's healthy, is probably more likely to get the touches. But again, he's been dealing with injuries of his own. So Jordan Mason could definitely be a viable option in fantasy. I think this might be a pretty even split in the backfield. They're probably going to be using both backs, which is going to limit the upside. But again, I just think with how good this 49ers offense is, it's I mean, it's not a terrible idea to roll with one of these guys, especially if you don't have very many other options. I also have, again, the Rams running backs, Zach Evans and Royce Freeman. I think that these guys are a little bit more desperation plays. I'm just wanting nothing to do with this Rams backfield right now with no Kyron Williams in there. I just feel like this is going to be, again, like I said before, very similar to the Cardinals backfield right now. When you get this far down in the depth chart with Zach Evans and Royce Freeman, the third and fourth string running backs, it's really hard to expect great production from a fantasy output from a fantasy aspect, excuse me, even with the role they're going to get. I just don't, I think there are more stashes right now than starts. Evans is probably more likely to get more touches, but Royce Freeman's probably going to get those goal line touches. So again, it's going to be really hard for either one of them to have a great day in fantasy. 
My third pickup is Jeff Wilson, the Dolphins backup running back. With I think the Dolphins offense can't sustain two running backs in fantasy. It has showed that all season long. So again, I'm probably not going to be starting Jeff Wilson this first week that he's going to be coming back. But again, I think the second week when he gets more into the fold, I definitely think he can be a flex play this next week. So I think right now he's pick him up, stash him, see what happens in this first week. And then definitely might be a flex option this following week. My fourth pickup is Curtis Samuel, the commander's wide receiver. He has been pretty efficient from a fantasy aspect. He is currently the wide receiver 24 in fantasy, excuse me, wide receiver 25. He has topped double-digit fantasy points in each of the last three weeks. He's had 18.2, 18.5, and then 14.2 this last week. Found the end zone in each of those last three weeks. Again, I think there are a lot of mouths to feed in this commander's offense with Terry McLaurin, John Dotson, Logan Thomas has been getting in the fold a little bit. This is a team that has two running backs that they trust in Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. But again, this is a team that's been throwing the ball a lot with Eric Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator, and they trust Sam Howell running the helm there. So again, I think Curtis Samuel is a flex play this upcoming week, and he's definitely been showing that. Definitely a guy that should be on more fantasy rosters. My fifth pickup is Rasheed Rice, the Chiefs' number one wide receiver, in my opinion. Outside of Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice has been fairly productive in the Chiefs' offense. He hasn't had a breakout game yet where he's had a huge amount, huge point total. But again, he's topped double-digit fantasy points in four of the six weeks so far. Found the end zone twice. He's coming off of a only while we only got targeted four times, he caught all four of them for 72 yards. So a very efficient um, game for Rice against the Chargers and a very good matchup for him. I have him as a definite flex play. He's definitely in the flex conversation this week. And next week he plays Denver. Again, a defense that has not been too great in fantasy. So again, he's probably going to be flex play that week as well. So with bye weeks and everything in these plus matchups, he's going to be a flex play for these next few weeks. and hopefully. He has a breakout week where he can be a every week flex play. My sixth pickup is Josh Downs, the Colts wide receiver with Anthony Richardson now expected to miss the entire season. I think Josh Downs will be a flex play for the foreseeable future. Again, the Colts play the Browns this upcoming week. That is a very tough matchup. So I don't know if I quite have him in the flex territory right now. He's probably... A, if you don't have many other options, he definitely can be used. But against the Browns, he's probably not too great of an option. But again, he's passed double-digit fantasy points in three of the past four weeks. He's coming off of a eight-target, five-catch. While it was only 21 yards, he did find the end zone. So again, I think Minshew is looking down his way more. I think Minshew is spreading the ball out a lot more. Richardson was kind of force-feeding Michael Pittman, in my opinion, a little bit more than what Minshew's doing. I think Minshew's been distributing the ball a little bit more, and that's been good for Josh Downs. So I have Downs probably as a low-end flex play this upcoming week, especially with a tough matchup. It's going to be tough to expect a whole lot. But after that, the matchups get a little bit easier. So I think Downs can be a flex play. Definitely should be on rosters. Kareem Hunt is my next pickup. He is the Bear, the excuse me, the Browns backup running back. 
Kareem Hunt had his best performance to date, where he had 12 carries for 47 yards, found the end zone, and added in three catches for 24 yards, had 16.1 fantasy points. While I don't have him as a flex play right now, I definitely think he's a stash and wait to see what happens. If something were to happen to Jerome Ford, if he were to get injured, Kareem Hunt would become an immediate RB2 play, in my opinion. So Hunt should definitely be on rosters just because of the upside that's there. But right now, he this could be a pretty even split between Ford and Hunt. We'll see if Hunt can carve out a big enough role to have fantasy, to have a good enough fantasy outlook to be a play these for upcoming weeks. But again, with Ford and Hunt in there, it's kind of hard to imagine that, but definitely should be on rosters because of the upside that is there. My next pickup is Chubba Hubbard, the Panthers backup running back. Hubbard had his best performance to date this past week. He is currently the RB31. So while he hasn't been great all season long, with Miles Sanders out this last, he was out this last week with his injury. He had 19 carries for 88 yards found the end zone, and added in a catch for two yards. So again, Chubba Hubbard with Miles Sanders dealing with all these injuries. Hubbard has definitely been a, was definitely a flex play this last week. And if he's unable to go against Houston, I would definitely probably have him in the RB2 conversation. But he should just be rostered just because of the fact that Sanders hasn't looked too great. Now the injuries are probably a big part of that. But Hubbard has carved out a big enough role for himself that he should be on roster just because of the fact that he maybe could take over that RB1 role in Carolina. My first tight end pickup I have on the waiver wires is Johnu Smith. Who would have thought that a different Falcons tight end besides Kyle Pitts would be <laughs> producing in fantasy, which is kind of crazy. Smith is currently the RB, the, excuse me, the tight end nine in fantasy. While he's only averaging 9.5 fantasy points, because of just not very because there's not very many options on the tight end at the tight end position, he's been a starter the past five weeks. He's topped double digit fantasy points in the last three weeks. And then the two weeks prior to that, he had 8.7 points in each of those two weeks. So he's been fairly productive these past few weeks. And I have him as a flex play. Why do I say flex play? As a tight end one play this upcoming week. Probably more on the low end tight end one play, but with the state of the tight end position in fantasy, Smith is definitely a viable option if you're been, if you've been streaming the position. Definitely a guy that you could be looking to play this upcoming week. My last waiver wire pickup is Wandale Robinson, the Giants wide receiver. Robinson, in my opinion, is definitely the most talented wide receiver in this Giants wide receiver room. He topped double digit fantasy points for the first time this year. He had eight targets. Caught all eight of them for 62 yards in the Giants game against Buffalo. And now going against Washington, I have him as a low-end flex play, very low-end. I think he's still more of a stash and wait to see if he can keep it up. But again, with the potential that's there, I think the talent is there. The Giants don't have very many options, so they might have to be looking Robinson's way quite a bit. So I think he could find himself on the flex radar in the upcoming weeks, but I think he's definitely more of a stash right now. Should definitely be on fantasy rosters so with that let's now jump into my week six winners and losers i'm going to give my five winners from the week and my five losers we're first start with the winners want to start on a good note my first winner coming out of this week is drake london the falcons wide receiver he is coming off of his best 
fantasy performance yet. He had 12 targets, caught nine of them for 125 yards, didn't find the end zone, but still put up 21.5 fantasy points for a very solid outing for him. London has kind of turned into a wide receiver three um, fantasy play in fantasy. He is top double digit fantasy points in four of the six weeks. Although in week one, he did have zero fantasy points. And then in week three, he only had 5.1. He's shown that the the Falcons have shown that they have been looking his way quite a bit these past few weeks. He had nine and 12 targets in these past two games. So I definitely have Drake London as a wide receiver three play this upcoming week. Definitely can be used in fantasy. He has shown it. And because of the talent profile that's there, there's probably upside for even more. So London, definitely a winner coming out of this week. Had a great performance. Hopefully the Falcons keep looking his way. My second winner coming out of week six is Brees Hall, the Jets running back. Brees Hall has been far and away the best running back on the Jets. If we take away his first four weeks, because he only had one productive game, These past two weeks, he has topped 20 fantasy points in each of these past two games. After having 28.4 fantasy points in week five, he followed it up with 20.3 fantasy points this last week. He had 12 carries for 39 yards. While that doesn't seem great, he found the end zone and added five catches for 54 yards. So again, he put up 20.3 fantasy points. I think he is a top 15 running back play. Moving forward, while they are on a the Jets are on a bye week this this upcoming week, I think against the Giants he's definitely a top fifteen play at the running back position. Might even be like top twelve to top ten. I'll have to see how this week shakes out. But Hall definitely has looked great, and he should be getting almost all the carries as Dalvin Cook has not looked so good to start the season. So Brees Hall definitely a winner coming out of Week Six. My next winner I have out of week six, who's kind of been a winner in fantasy all season long, is Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen is currently the wide receiver three in fantasy. Adam Thielen has just been on a tear after only having 3.2 fantasy points in week one. He has followed it up with 15 or more fantasy points in each of the past five weeks. And he's, in his last game, had 28 Point five fantasy points, had 13 ta- targets, caught 11 of them for 115 yards, and found the end zone. So Adam Thielen is definitely a wide receiver one, in my opinion. He has been super solid in fantasy, but I kind of have, a, have him as a sell high, and I'll touch on more of that later. But Adam Thielen has definitely been the wide receiver one in Carolina, and he is going to be a must start for the foreseeable future. My fourth winner coming out of this week is Ramadre Stevenson. Stevenson has kind of was has kind of been one of the biggest busts in fantasy so far to start the year, but he made it right in a plus matchup. He took advantage of it. The Patriots faced the Raiders this last week. While he only got 10 carries for 46 yards, you hope to see a little bit more there. He did haul in five catches for 24 yards, and he found the end zone on the ground. Put up 18 fantasy points in week six. I have Ramadre Stevenson as an RB2 this upcoming week against the Bills. But again, I don't think there's a very high floor for him. 
because Elliott is also in the fold. He just doesn't have that high of a ceiling, and his floor is definitely pretty low. But again, with the state of the running back position right now, and we're getting in the bye weeks, Ramadre Stevenson is definitely an RB2 play this upcoming week. But it's definitely a good sign if you are a Ramadre Stevenson fantasy owner that he was able to take advantage of this matchup. Hopefully he can keep it going against a tougher matchup against in Buffalo. My last winner coming out of this week is Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert in the Dolphins' first game without Devon A-Chain took advantage of it. He put up a very, very, very solid performance. He is currently the RB2 in fantasy, and he's coming off a 34.2 fantasy point performance. He found the end zone three times, two on the ground, one through the air, had 17 carries for 115 yards, and caught three passes for 17 yards. Raheem Mostert is an RB1 play in fantasy until Devon A-Chain comes back. He is the clear RB1. While I do think if Jeff Wilson comes back, that might lower his ceiling a little bit. I still think he's probably going to get the majority of the touches over Jeff Wilson, especially with him coming back from an injury. Raheem Mostert is an RB1 for the foreseeable future. But again, I do think he is probably a sell high. Not, not I wouldn't sell high on him yet. I'd probably wait a couple more weeks. Before Devon A-Chain comes back, though, you should probably be trying to move Raheem Mostert if someone's willing to give you RB1 value for him. But Mostert is definitely a winner coming out of this week. He took complete advantage of his RB1 role. The Dolphins have shown that they can keep this production up with whoever's starting out running back. So Mostert is an RB1 for the foreseeable future. With that, let's now go into my losers coming out of this week. And my first loser is Puka Nakua. While Puka Nakua has definitely broke out this year, he's been awesome in fantasy. He's currently the wide receiver six in fantasy. He had his kind of first dud week of the year. This last week in the Rams game against the Cardinals, he only had 6.6 fantasy points. While he was targeted seven times, he only hauled in four of them for 26 yards. I still have Puka Nakua as a wide receiver two in fantasy, but I think his days of these elite performances that he was putting up before Cooper Cup came came in, I think those days are over. I still think he's a wide receiver two, like I said, but again, he just doesn't have that high of a ceiling like he did before with Cooper Cup now back in the fold. He's the clear wide receiver one in this in this offense. While Nakua is still he's still by far and away the wide receiver two in this offense. I still don't think he is a wide receiver one anymore in fantasy. He's definitely more of a wide receiver two. If someone is still valuing valuing him as a wide receiver one, might be a good time to maybe sell on him. But again, he is does play the Steelers this upcoming week. They have not been too good against wide receivers. So Puka Nakua could definitely have a bounce back performance this upcoming week. And then that might be time to sell on him. But I definitely think the elite fantasy performances. Um, performance days are over for Puka Nakua now that Cooper Cup is back in, in the fold. My second loser coming out of this week is Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, with no Justin Jefferson, struggled this past week. He only had 8.74 fantasy points, only threw for 181 yards and one touchdown in the game against the Bears. Who, the Bears' defense has not been great this year. So this is definitely not a good sign of things to come. With Justin Jefferson out for the foreseeable future, and they now play San Francisco this upcoming week, I definitely do not have Kirk Cousins in the starting in the starting position. I you 
Hopefully you have other options than Kirk because I'm just not very high on him against the 49ers. I think the Vikings are going to struggle. Definitely want to try to look at different options. If you have Kirk on your roster, hopefully you were able to get CJ Stroud off the waiver wire or somebody like that because you probably need to be turning to other options as Kirk's ceiling with no Justin Jefferson in the fold is definitely lowered. My third loser coming out of this week is Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, after starting the season off so well, has really struggled these past few weeks. While he's still the wide receiver 10 in fantasy, these past two weeks, he's only put up 8.5 and 4.9 fantasy points. He's only been targeted four and five times these last two weeks. Again, his, his role just looked like it went away. I still have him as a low-end wide receiver one just because of the talent profile that's there. But with no Jimmy Garoppolo this upcoming week and his elite role in this offense kind of looking like it's dwindling, I definitely am tempering expectations on Devontae Adams. He's definitely a loser coming out of this week. My fourth loser is Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence has, I mean, I don't really know what's been going on with this Jaguars offense. They just don't have the same elite upside that they did last year. Trevor Lawrence has yet to top 18 fantasy points so far. He is he is only his highest fantasy performance yet is 17.74 fantasy points. While I did record this after Thursday night football, he did just put up 18 fantasy points, but again, he's yet to have more than 18 fantasy points. I think he is a loser coming out of week six. He has just not shown that elite upside that he was showing last year. Definitely more of a low-end QB1, in my opinion, and he might be falling out of the starting tier if he doesn't pick it back up. But again, I mean, he's been pretty rock solid. He's, I mean, he's he's been efficient. He's been very average right now. He's His elite upside just hasn't been there so far. He could maybe be a buy low. You hope that he can turn it around. But again, the days where he's putting up 20 plus fantasy points have just not shown up yet. So hopefully he's able to turn around, but he is definitely a loser coming out of this week. My fifth loser coming out of my fifth and final loser coming out of this week is Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce looks like he may be losing his starting role to Devin Singletary. I think it's going to be a pretty even split in the backfield as Damian Pierce is coming off of a very horrendous fantasy performance. Last week, he only had 3.4 fantasy points, only had 34 yards on the ground. That was it. Him and Devin Singletary had about the same amount of touches. So again, if it's going to be an even split in this backfield, it's going to be hard to trust either one of them. Now, you definitely want to have Singletary rostered in case he does take over in this starting role in this offense. But again, it's looking like it might be a 50-50 split. And this is what I was worried about coming into the year with Damian Pierce was, I mean, the Texans clearly like Devin Singletary with how they pursued him in the offseason. I think this is going to be a 50-50 split for the foreseeable future. I definitely have Damian Pierce as a very, very low-end RB2 option just because I do think the talent is there with him. He's just not getting enough touches to be productive in fantasy. So I want to jump now into my last but favorite segment of the show, which is my trade advice, my buy lows and sell highs. My first buy low is Josh Jacobs. 
Josh Jacobs, in my opinion, is an elite RB1 in fantasy. I'm not quite, I don't want to quite put him up in the Christian McCaffrey or Osnack or like anything like that, but I still see him as an RB1 in fantasy. And I think you need to be trying to trade for him if you need a running back. He, while he's only the run RB11 in fantasy, averaging only 15 fantasy points a game, I still see him as a guy that if he's got that plus matchup, he's going to take complete advantage of it and go off. Again, in the last game against New England, he had 25 carries for 77 yards, while we only had two catches. I mean, he's just getting so many touches that, it, again, it's RB1. Like that's Those are touches that's going to deliver RB1 numbers, especially with how much talent he has. If you need an RB1, Josh Jacobs is probably the most gettable RB1 in fantasy outside of this next guy I'm going to talk about, which is Bijan Robinson. This is a guy that I still see as an elite RB1. While fantasy manager that's prop that owns Bijan Robinson is probably still wanting to hold on to him, but if you can prime away, he I still believe he is going to tear it up on the backstretch of fantasy this year. Bijan Robinson is a guy that you need to be trying to trade for just because of the talent profile and how many touches he's getting. He is completely he's got everything he needs to put up elite RB1 numbers. It's only a matter of time. Try to trade for B. John Robinson. My next guy I want to touch on is Jonathan Taylor. I have a lot of running backs on here just because I feel like most of the time people are trying to trade for running backs. These are running backs that you should be looking to get. Jonathan Taylor, in my opinion, they didn't sign him to that huge extension for Zach Moss to be the RB1 in Indianapolis. Jonathan Taylor is still the guy in fantasy. And while you might want to wait one more week because they are going against Cleveland and that's going to be a very tough game for Jonathan Taylor to have kind of that, I don't want to say breakout, but that bounce back performance. But again, they play Cleveland, then the Saints before playing Carolina. So maybe after the Browns game, Maybe after this week you try to trade for him, or maybe you just try to trade for him right now if you don't, if you can stash him on your bench. If your team is struggling though, like your team is two and four, Jonathan Taylor is probably not a guy you want to be trying to trade for. But this is if your team is sitting pretty good, you're at four and two or five and one, or maybe you're undefeated six and zero. Oh, Jonathan Taylor is a guy is a good guy to try to go and get just because there's so much upside that's there. Again, he is not too far removed from being the league-winning RB1 overall in fantasy. So again, he was dealing with injuries last year, but when he was healthy, he was putting up amazing performances. I think it's only a matter of time before Jonathan Taylor turns it around. I don't see it happening in the next few weeks, but I think in that matchup against Carolina in week nine, I think that might be his breakout, his bounce-back game, I want to say. So try to trade for Jonathan Taylor before that game. My fourth buy low is Puka Nakua. This is my first and only wide receiver I have on here. I still view Puka Nakua as a mid to high end wide receiver too. While Cooper Cup is in the fold, I think his days of him being a wheat fantasy option are kind of over. If the fantasy manager that has Puka Nakua is kind of worrying about him, this might be the perfect time to grab him before the Rams play the Steelers, where I think Kukunakua is going to have a great game. I think he can easily put up 18 to 20 fantasy points this upcoming week. Try to trade for him before this matchup against the Steelers if you need a wide receiver. 
My fifth and final buy low for this week is Joe Mixon. And I have him on here just because since he's on a bye week, he might be easier to trade for now than he was before. Fantasy managers might be growing tired of waiting for Joe Mixon to get back on track, but I'm not. While he's still only not while he's still just a top 20, um, while he's only RB19 in fantasy right now, he still has such a great role in this offense that I think after this bye week, he's gonna start turning it around. While he does have a difficult first two games as he plays the 49ers and then Buffalo this for these first two weeks. Then he plays Houston. Houston is a game where I think he'll probably have his best performance of the year. Try to trade for Joe Mixon now before he bounces back after this bye week. I think this whole Bengals offense as a whole is going to bounce back after this bye week. Try to trade for him before that happens. Let's now move on to my sell highs. My first sell high I have, I kind of touched on it earlier, is Adam Thielen. If you can get wide receiver one value for Adam Thielen, I would jump on it. Just because of the fact that there are reports saying that the Panthers are looking to trade for a wide receiver. And if that's the case, that will give Bryce Young another option in the passing game, which will take targets away from Thielen. The thing that's making Thielen so great in fantasy is because he's kind of the only guy there. DJ Chark is kind of the downfield threat he's gonna have a few big catches but he's not gonna garner too many too many targets because of the fact that he's just a downfield threat Thielen is kind of just the only guy that that young has been looking at because he's really the only talented wide receiver they have really talented wide receiver they have on the roster if they trade for another one he could see his targets diminished by three to four a game he might only be seeing eight targets a game instead of 12 he's seeing right now so I think if you can get wide receiver one value for Thielen, I would jump on it just in case the Panthers do trade for a wide receiver. My second sell high is Derrick Henry. I kind of had him as a sell high off and on this season, and I'm back on that train. I think the Titans, as the season moves on, are going to continue to use Spears, Tyson Spears more and more and more. And now after this great performance he had, He's on a bye week. May, you might have to wait till next week. Somebody's probably not willing to trade for him on a bye week. But again, I think Derrick Henry is a guy that you should be looking to trade. You've seen the performances where he only had two fantasy points against Cleveland. He only had 9.2 against Indianapolis. Again, he only had 12 carries in this game. While he had a very great outing turning into 97 yards, he's just not getting enough touches for my liking to be an RB1. If someone still sees him as an RB1, as like a high-end RB1 in fantasy, I would try to move him and get that value for him. I still only see him as a low-end RB1 in fantasy. I still think he's one of the more talented backs in the league. But again, Derrick Henry, it, it's looking like it may become a 50-50 split as season moves on between him and Spears. I would move on, with, on from him if somebody's willing to give you high-end RB1 value. My third sell high is Ramadre Stevenson. He's coming off of his best performance yet against the Raiders. He put up 18 fantasy points. If someone sees him as, as a guy that, that's getting back on track, looking like he might look like thinking that he'll bounce back and look like he did last year, I would move on from him. This isn't last year. This team brought in Ezekiel Elliott, and it's been a very even split. Stevenson's gotten a few, got, got, it's probably a 60 40 split. He's gotten more work than Elliott, but again, Stevenson's not getting too much work in the passing game, in my opinion. 
And again, this Patriots offense has been really bad so far this year. And because of the even split between him and Elliott, I would move on from him if someone's willing to give you very good value for him. My fourth sell high is Zach Moss. Zach Moss, again, I touched on Jonathan Taylor earlier. I don't, I think Zach Moss is just not going to be able to keep this up. Jonathan Taylor is eventually going to take over as the complete starter on this offense. While I don't think Zach Moss is ever going to go away, he's not going to be putting up these great fantasy totals for much longer. I would move on from Zach Moss if somebody does think he's going to be able to keep this up because I think it's only a matter of time before Jonathan Taylor comes into the fold, comes really back in the fold and takes over, takes complete control of that starting job. My last sell high is Michael Pittman. And I'm kind of very tentative on this one. I would move on from Michael Pittman if someone is willing to give the right value for him. Don't, I'm not like, don't just move on from him just because like, I, if you want to keep him on your roster, I'm all for it. I'm just saying to sell high on him just because of the fact that most of his targets and catches came at the end of the game when they were trying to fight back. While the Colts might be doing that a lot this year, because again, with Minshew running the offense, it seems hasn't been too great. They might have to be throwing the ball a lot. It just scared me that heading into the fourth quarter, he only had like three catches, I believe. Most of his work came at the end of that fourth quarter when they were trying to come back, which is great for Pittman. Hopefully he can keep this up. But I just I don't see him getting these 14 targets a game too often. I think he's definitely more in like that seven to eight target range that we saw against Tennessee. So if someone's willing to give high-end wide receiver two value or even low-end wide receiver one value, I would jump on it just because I don't think he's going to be able to garner this many targets with Minshew in the fold. I think he's going to distribute the ball evenly. I still see him as a wide receiver two in fantasy, but if someone's willing to give a little bit more value than that, I would jump on it just because of the fact that I don't think his ceiling is as high as it was at the beginning of the year with no Anthony Richardson. So with that, I'm going to wrap up the show. Thank you for watching my week six NFL fantasy football recap. If you have any questions related to fantasy, make sure to email unlimitedfantasyfootball at gmail.com. And I will be right back here next week to recap week seven. But until then, so long. So long.